0: Welcome to another episode of the EU Roundup. I'm Theodor and this is the place where you get the rundown of last week's most important developments regarding the EU. In this week's episode, we'll focus on recent developments in the Brexit negotiations. The European Council reached an agreement on common guidelines regarding the coronavirus pandemic. We'll also have a quick round of notable news from last week, but first, let's take a look at the approval of the EU budget and why the European Parliament still hasn't given its accord. I'm not happy about the deal. We think that it is not giving proper answers to the challenges of the next seven years. It has to be more future-orientated. That was Manfred Weber, leader of the European People's Party, speaking on the EU budget back in July. The Parliament's opposition to the final deal was clear back then. The end of October was set as a deadline to find an accord. However, another week has passed and the European Parliament has still not indicated that it will give its consent for the EU budget. The deal between heads of state was struck back in the summer but is still awaiting approval from MEPs. It was hailed by many politicians as a historic one due to a few reasons. On one hand, it comprises 1.1 trillion euros for the usual means of the budget and an additional 720 billion euros in coronavirus economic recovery subsidies. It is also important to point out that negotiations stretched out for nearly record 4 days. Many countries had different views on how the money should be spent and how much the final amount should be. Another big issue was making sure that the subsidies will not be abused by certain governments. In the end, an accord was found. However, the major issues have reappeared in the arguments put forward by the European Parliament. MEPs have a certain set of changes which they demand and seem set on sticking to their guns. They have asked for an increase in the budget, notably for the programs Horizon and Erasmus+. Horizon covers research funding and is regarded as an important feature, while the Erasmus program offers students the possibility to study abroad in Europe. Both of those are pillars of the European Integration Project and have strengthened the European identity. That is why they have a good reputation and are thought of highly by members of parliament. Another issue which they have put forward is the rule of law. This principle basically refers to the authority of law in a society and whether or not it is being respected. In the context of EU politics, the rule of law is a key word in recent times. Right-wing governments in countries like Poland and Hungary have passed questionable reforms. Those have been deemed undemocratic by some European officials. Many of them oppose EU funds being funneled into a system which goes against European values. Independence of the judiciary system and freedom of the press are the biggest issues in Poland and Hungary. However, seeing as the budget requires unanimity, a consensus had to be found. All heads of state agreed on the final version, which did not include the rule of law requirement for member states to benefit from the funds. However, the parliament which is elected by European citizens does not need to compromise to keep other countries happy. The situation has gone a bit stale of lately, with little advancements going either way. The EU Council is not willing to increase the budget which was already negotiated. And the rule of law principle is an issue on which little progress has been made. Last Tuesday MEP sent a new proposal to the council advocating for a 39 billion euros increase for a number of programs. The proposal was met with a cold reception. And there was even a small twitter spat between parliament and EU council officials. German spokesperson Sebastian Fischer dismissed the Parliament's proposal saying the total additional costs would amount to 90 billion euros. This sparked a response from a member of the Parliament's negotiating team. Later in the day, the European Parliament published a statement saying the Council floated the 90 billion euro figure in an attempt to undermine its proposal. The two European institutions are at odds and their disagreement is evident. Chancellor Angela Merkel stated that reopening the negotiations is not an option. Therefore, discussing an increase in the budget and demanding more from Member States is unlikely. The European Parliament is looking into money from the Covid economic recovery package to be redistributed to the Horizon Programme. However, that seems difficult to imagine. It all begs the question, why is the Parliament so insistent on the budget reshuffle? The Erasmus Programme is sure to be less attractive during the times of a pandemic. While research funding is important, but certainly not a priority. The rule of law issue, however, seems to be receiving less attention. Although how and if the money are going to be spent correctly can have a bigger impact. But this will be a tough hurdle to overcome. Especially as Poland's ruling party's leader Jarosław Kaczynski recently reaffirmed his position. He stated he was not going to back down on the rule of law issues and is willing to block the entry of the budget into force. Some believe that disputes about money will only weaken the European Union. There is already a monetary divide between the Rado frugal member states and those willing to spend more. And there is also a political divide between countries where democratic values are at odds with those of core EU member states. In the face of this pandemic, there is a need for a more unified Europe. Much still remains to be done, however. There will surely be more developments on the European Parliament's approval of the budget in the following weeks. We'll keep you informed on that. The EU has made a step towards having a more coordinated approach to restrictions of free movement regarding the COVID-19 pandemic. The European Commission tabled a proposal for common guidelines on the 4th of September. But heads of member states held debates week after week to no avail. A perplexing situation, seeing as most of them agreed a common approach was needed. Nobody wanted a repeat of the shaky response back in March. It took a while to settle on that, but last Tuesday the Council reached an accord. In regards to the new coordinated approach, EU countries will be encouraged to work together. Member States should provide weekly information to the European Centre for Disease Prevention and Control. The European body will monitor newly notified cases, numbers of tests and percentage of positive cases. Based on those, a weekly map will be published showing the rates of infection in different regions. The Council recommendation is not a legally binding instrument. The authorities of member states remain responsible for implementing the content of the recommendation. Over in Germany, Chancellor Angela Merkel expressed her concern after meeting with national state premiers. She said, we cannot afford a second wave like the one we had in the spring with such consequences. Clearly, a sense of alertness is on the rise considering the upcoming winter months. However, it is to be expected that not all countries will be as diligent as the German state. That is why a coordinated EU response is a good measure to ensure countries work together to tackle the pandemic. But for whatever reason, it's clear from the summit that after 45 years of membership, they are not willing, unless there is some fundamental change of approach, to offer this country the same terms as Canada. And so, with high hearts and with complete confidence, we will prepare to embrace the alternative and we will prosper mightily as an independent, free-trading nation, controlling our own borders, our fisheries and setting our own laws. That was British Prime Minister Boris Johnson commenting on recent developments in the UK-EU relationship. A crucial EU leaders' summit last Thursday did not result in a breakthrough in the Brexit negotiations. Pressure was put on Johnson to either extend the deadline or commit to his statement that he would end the talks if no deal was reached by the 15th of October. Negotiators on both sides failed to reach a deal on their post-Brexit trade and political relations. European leaders were supposed to give their blessing after the meeting last Thursday. Instead, EU's chief negotiator Michel Barnier gave an update on the discussion's progress. He stated, there are a few topics on which the gap is too wide at present. The chief negotiator named the level playing field the question of governance as well as fisheries. In his words, there is still a lot of work to focus on. Nevertheless, Mr Barnier also indicated he is willing to travel to the UK this Monday to continue the talks. On behalf of Boris Johnson, his spokesperson reacted to the EU's position. He stated Michel Barnier should only come to London if he's prepared to discuss all of the issues without the UK being required to make all the moves. By that, we hear that Downing Street needs the EU to be willing to step back on some issues. On the other hand, EU negotiators have shown they will not budge, especially on the question of the level playing field. In a press conference following the European Council meeting, Michel Barnier had this to say regarding the negotiations with the UK. Our positions have been crystal clear from the day one of this negotiation. If you want access to our market of 400 and 50 million people, there must be a level playing field. That must be free and fair competition. As you can hear, the EU is set to maintain a firm position in the negotiations. It seems as though the discussions will continue over the initially set deadline. The UK has refrained from declaring that talks would be cut off. Therefore, Michel Barnier is expected in London this week. An end to the discussions, however, is becoming more and more possible. Both sides have started making preparations for such an eventuality. EU leaders have already asked the Commission to consider contingency measures in case of no deal. On the other side, Boris Johnson said in an interview for the BBC that they were prepared for no deal come January 2021. Meanwhile support for Scottish independence is at the highest level ever recorded. According to a new Ipsos Mori poll, 58% of people who have made their minds up would vote yes, with 42% saying they will vote no. Ipsos Mori is a market research company based in the UK. They have also indicated that the trend for Scottish independence has been strong since the month of March. In 2014, a Scottish referendum was held on the issue. Back then, they rejected independence with 55% to 45%. But now, the trend seems to be turning. Many Scots are sure to be disappointed with the way the Brexit negotiations have went down. We'll be looking at the next few weeks to see how these talks develop and we'll be keeping you informed as well. And now here's a quick round of news from last week. Armenia and Azerbaijan announced a new ceasefire last weekend. The initial truce was broken, according to Azerbaijan's government, who claimed an attack has been carried out on its territory. Meanwhile a second wave of the coronavirus is spreading across Europe. Lockdowns and other restrictive measures have been brought back in the worst affected regions. Paris and Brussels are among the most impacted cities. And last but not least, the EU has imposed sanctions on Russia. Brussels reacted in response to the suspected poisoning of Kremlin critic Alexei Navalny. The EU has imposed entry and account bans on six persons, including two close confidants of President Putin. That was all for today's podcast. Thank you very much for listening. We'll be back with another episode, as always, on Tuesday at 9.30.